everybody. Welcome back to Reaching Out with Michael Constable, a podcast on a mission to make coming out easier through story sharing. I'm your host, Michael. Welcome back, everybody. And before we get into today's really special episode with Max Jenkins, someone who I've been really excited to talk to and have on the show for a while, we're going to kick it off with the Gay Faves of the Week. If you remember last episode, I decided to add a little segment to the beginning of the episode to go over some of my Gay Faves of the Week. And I have two this week, and they're both podcasts. One specific, a very specific episode of a podcast that I've already talked about on the show. And another is a podcast that I just discovered. Well, not discovered, I've known about it, but just started listening to literally today. And I haven't been able to stop listening to it. So it seemed worthy of a mention here. Now, I've talked about the podcast Good Children on Reaching Out several times by now. And it's a very recent obsession of mine. I think I binged all of the episodes. I got caught up with two seasons of their episodes within a few weeks, maybe a couple months ago. And I've been a weekly listener ever since. One of their most recent episodes that came out maybe two weeks ago, it's called I Wish Josh Peck Was Gay. And I have listened to it upwards of four to five, maybe six times by now. Truly, just in the last like week or week and a half. The hosts, Andrew and Joe, are just, they're so incredible and so fun to listen to. Like, if you haven't listened, you have to go check it out. But this episode in particular, I wanted to call out because it clearly it was a very big episode for me because of how many times I listened to it. But I think it could resonate with a lot of listeners on this podcast as well. Every episode, Joe and Andrew are like brilliant at sharing their own experiences and help normalize a lot of like uncomfortable subjects to talk about or stuff that you know everyone feels or a lot of people feel but no one's really talking about and this episode focused around sex and just like you know what they do in every other episode they share their own experiences for me it resonated a lot because i'm someone who i've shared on this podcast before too i grew up with like sex being something that wasn't talked about it was borderline like had a negative connotation around it you know it was something you get in trouble for and I'm still like unpacking a lot of like the way that I was raised around sex. And so this episode was really, really impactful to me because they do a really great job of normalizing a lot of the topics around sex, specifically gay sex, that I don't hear people talk about much. It was just one of those episodes where you just like feel like you're not the only crazy person going through something. (laughs) And so if any of that resonates with you, I highly recommend going to check it out. And number two, the podcast number two of this week is actually one that I just found that I just started listening to today. It's called Ride by Benito Skinner and Mary Beth Barone. And I'm no stranger to these two. I've I've followed them online for what seems like, yeah, definitely years at this point. And I think they're so funny, but for some reason I just have never I haven't gotten into their new podcast. I was I listened to their old one, obsessed but never ride. And many of my girlfriends will always like send me quotes or like just things about it, like assuming that I listen to it because I'm homosexual. <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong, but I never really like knew what they were talking about. And so today I didn't have a podcast to listen to. And so I, I was just like, you know what, why not? Let's put it on. And I could not stop laughing for like this entire morning. I did a little bit of shopping earlier in London today and I was in this store for a while because they had a lot of stuff I wanted to check out. And every like 60 seconds, I was just like giggling to myself. And this store was small. And the people working there were probably just like, is this guy okay? I like couldn't stop laughing. And I think they're just like, 
uh, you know, like I love my girlies and it's, it really just feels like, I mean, it is literally just two best friends, like shooting the shit and talking about what they're really into and what they're obsessed with this week. And they're just like so funny, and which is no surprise if you know who either of them are online. And they have like the funniest vernacular. And it's just like, it's just like a feel good, good vibes situation. And yeah, you should go check that out. This week, we have Max Jenkins, a New York based actor on Reaching Out. You might know him from some of his work on Special from Netflix, Dead to Me. And if you're an absolute 30 Rock fanatic like myself, you might even remember him from a brief yet absolutely iconic moment at the United Nations with Jack Donaghy and Mary Steenbergen, who plays Elizabeth Banks' mom as they're trying to get her out of North Korea. And he actually does a reenactment of his iconic line on the show. So you'll have to stick around for that. He even gives us a little bit of backstory to that scene, that very specific scene that he's in. And it has actually some gay origins that you wouldn't know by watching the show because they, they rewrote it. Max was such a joy to talk to. He gives a lot of really insightful perspective to the acting world, which is a world I know nothing about. And it was really, really interesting to hear him talk about the differences for actors from back in the day, like Rock Hudson or Paul Lind, who either you know, were never able to publicly come out or like their gayness was, you know, they were never playing gay roles and it was maybe hinted to, but never explicitly said compared to Max, who has only played gay roles. And so, and that's been a huge part of his career. So to have that perspective was really, really fascinating. Max also talks about his coming out story as a child growing up in Manhattan. Max was such a sweetheart to talk to. I'm really excited for you to hear his story. And before we kick it off, just a friendly reminder, if you have an extra second or two to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you haven't already, go find us on Instagram and TikTok at Reaching Out Pod. Now here's Max's story. Enjoy. Hey there. Before we continue with this week's story, I just wanted to pop in and remind you that you too can be a part of Reaching Out. If you're interested in sharing your story on the podcast, head on over to at Reaching Out Pod on Instagram and fill out the Google form in the link in bio. While you're there, feel free to give us a quick follow if you'd like. Oh yeah, and while I've got you here, if you find yourself enjoying this episode or just want to make my day, by all means, feel free to leave a rating or review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It'll give the podcast a better chance of being discovered by someone who just might need to hear the very story you're about to hear. All right, now back to this week's story. Enjoy, BB. Max Jenkins, thank you so much for being on Reaching Out today. How's it going? Oh my God, how are you? I'm so excited. I'm doing great. It's so good to finally be able to chat with you. You look beautiful today. Thank you. So do you. I need a little kiss of sun. No, you have some great lighting going on. I've already told you that. I look full goth compared to you. (laughs) Full goth. Film student. Well, you're going to LA soon, you told me. So maybe you'll get some sun. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll put some aluminum foil over a vinyl record like they used to do. (laughs) Classic. That'd be chic. So what's going on? How are you doing? I'm here. I'm in New York. It's a toasty 112 today. No, it's no, it's not. Okay, got it. (laughs) I was like, holy shit. Real feel. Yeah. Real feel. Yeah. 112. No, it's good. I'm over here walking the picket lines for SAG. I have like huge blisters. I'm wearing my Crocs because they're the only things. Um, They're the only things for the line. You know what I mean? Only things for... So with the picket lines, how 
could you? I, I'm so removed from that world that I, I actually would love to learn a little bit more about it. God, what, I know. I feel it, like it's my own personality. And then my friends are like, wait, what? It's going on? Yeah. So could you give a little insight to like, is it all day? Is it certain hours of the day? Is it? Oh, like- no, it's not all day. In fact, I got there too late the other day and I was like, oh, yes, this was on purpose because everybody was packing up. And I was like, hey, no, it's like, a, it's a gentle nine to noon. And there's so many SAG members, I mean, in comparison to WGA members, that we don't even have to schedule it. We don't even need shifts. We're all showing up. It's just happening organically. And it's fabulous. It's at all the studios. Netflix and Warner Brothers are down on 18th and Broadway. That's a chic spot. And Kitchen is down there. Taking notes. Hudson Yards, where where HBO Max headquarters is. Where it's like this truly like inspector, like villain from Inspector Gadget Tower, where we're all like, <laughs> up into the sky. Yeah. So Mags, I want to get back to this and talk about some of the work that you've done because I have to talk to you about some of it. But before we get too far in, I've done this too many calls where I just get into the conversation without letting the other person introduce themselves. And I am trying to get better about that. So Max, would you mind giving a little a brief intro to the listeners? Hi, you guys. I love you. It's Max. Jenkins, that is. Um, hi, I live in New York. Basically, my whole life, I've lived in LA for a while as well. But I'm an actor. Um, I've done some TV. I've done some theater here in New York. And gay? Question mark? No, I'm super gay, actually. It would be so cool if I wasn't a Kinsey one, which I am. What if all of a sudden you're just like, I actually am straight. I'm not sure why you're no, I wish. here. <laughs> I would like to explore at least some, just wait, some other things. Wait, wait, wait. Question. This is a serious question. Would you explore with a non-male? I have to. Yeah? No, I mean, maybe it's my Sagittarius moon placement. or But I just, I'm desperate to enjoy everything that life has to offer. Okay. And my last girlfriend, I believe I was in seventh grade and i think mine too wait i think mine too really <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm sure you have fond memories as we all do don't we all don't we all like yeah. have like a or I, it'd be funny if somebody came on and was like i fucking hated her and thank god <laughs> i got away no, it was definitely fond memories. And I think it was because I found myself just getting really invested in girls that I just wanted to be like besties with. And so, oh, yeah. And then it would just like go a little bit too far, like not necessarily even like hookup wise, just emotional wise. And I just of don't course. think that there were many back, you know, growing up, I just don't think there were many guys who had very close girlfriends. And so there was, you know, it got it. Sometimes there were just like confusing feelings on both sides. And um, right. Because yeah. the girls were longing for an amount of intimacy that only you, Michael, were uh, able just, to provide. I think they were just looking point. for like someone like, like a friend, like a nice guy. <laughs> so I think, that's what, I think that's what they were looking for. Yeah. Anyway, so I just look back and think of her and she was a really good kisser and so it, there was no sour taste in my mouth in regards to having a GF. I would totally okay. try it. But nobody would take me seriously because it's like my brand is so gay that nobody would even consider it. I'm envious because I don't know if this is because I tried for so long and it took me so long to come out and it never worked until like, it never yeah. worked. And so now I'm just like, I put in the time, I, I made, tried to make it work. There's no way I would go back to that. And I don't want to say never, but highly unlikely. I think that's all I'm saying too. Yeah. Is never say never. I'm like, uh, you know, it's toxic to say never to me. I agree. I'd rather, I'd rather die than count it out completely. I agree. I think it's it no, is toxic I, to say never. And you're right. I, no, I have a lot to 
accomplish in terms of dating men before I even consider dating. Yeah, you're like, I'm trying to still figure out like the dating guys. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know what that is either. Yeah. Oh, I feel so like let's attack that first. Well, I'm I don't think you're gonna learn it from me. So because I <laughs> I'm I still am. trying to figure it out myself. So no, that's uh, what this podcast I'm sure you have a wealth of information. I do. And I'm hoarding it all actually. No, I'm not. It's actually all out there. <laughs> actually, I haven't so gone through I, the archives. I need to. Oh, that's okay. We have there's plenty of time for that. I a couple things. First off, New York. Tell I'm about to I've told you this. I'm gonna be going to New York next week for two weeks, a little over two weeks. We're so excited to have you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I have spent like very little time there. So I don't really know anything. Like I don't say anything, but I don't know much. What do I have to look forward to besides the real field temps of 112? (laughs) (laughs) The really sensual energy is to be found below 14th Street, as I'm sure you know. As a lifelong man at night, that's where I want to send you. I have limits because my breadth of knowledge does not extend to many of the amazing parts of Brooklyn that like, I'm sure I'm missing out on. But I'm focused on... You know, I have a wheelhouse and it's below 14th Street. And it, it tends to congregate this energy around McNally Jackson Bookstore, which is on Prince Street. They recently moved locations, but the energy has remained. Okay. It's still on well- Prince Street. This is good to hear because I am going to be residing in Chelsea, which is famously Manhattan. So I think that bodes well for me. I'm going to be, I forget, oh my gosh, 20, I don't even know what this means, but maybe you do. 24th and 7th is what I hear. Incredible. That's fucking incredible. That's is gorgeous. It? Oh, good. Is that on purpose? Was it, did you, no, here, have you heard this. about it? Have you envisioned Chelsea? I've walked through it once, but this happened yeah. so, I'm so excited for this trip because it happened so organically. I, like, like I said, I have not spent a lot of time there and I'm in this limbo state of where I'm trying to figure out like what my next move is location wise. And I'm yeah. trying to be open to new places instead of moving back to San Francisco. I'm open to, I just went to right. LA and I liked that a lot. And I'm, I want to go. Yeah, you loved? Get, I had a really good time. I truly think my mental barrier with LA is just like, and it's so standard to say, but I, having a car, I don't want to have a car. So yes, particularly your life in MC, you're like, I'm free. I'm like, yeah, exactly. And I haven't driven a car in over six years. So like, I don't yeah. want, I literally six years, I do not want to, I just don't want, I don't want that. And so completely, I was like, let's give New York a shot too. So I reached out to my friend, Brayden, and I was like, hey, if you see any of your friends posting their places on Instagram and they're looking to lease them out, let me know. Next day, he sends me, literally next day, he sends me a screenshot from his friend who was doing it for the exact time frame and is in this good location. And I... But truly, you could not pick a better corner. That is divine. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for It's you. like, it's basically like on top Thrilling. of Whole Foods, which I'm excited about. <laughs> it's a great Whole Foods. It's one of the first. Oh, really? City. Nice. Yeah, well, a lot I'm, of history there. Excited. I love that. So I got a lot of brown rice sushi there in my 20s. Okay. Well, I'm probably going to frequent that a bunch next or yeah, starting next week. So my voice teacher, when I was still a singer, was around the corner. Matt Farnsworth, shout out to Matt. He was the gayest. He is. I think he still is. Oh, man. I love that. Wait. Okay. Singer, actor, what can't she do? <laughs> Dance. Honestly. Dance. Okay. Well, She's not that's a triple okay. threat. She, not yet. There's still time for her yet. She's in class. Wait, so Max, you said you, there you, there might be some limits with Brooklyn for you. That is to say, it's not Brooklyn without limits, which is my segue into 
one of your jobs that I need to ask you about that we've talked about before. <laughs> that you was really... Had, that was, I know, that was a reach. But when you said without with limits in Brooklyn, I was like, oh, I'm going there. Um, Wait, do you, did, was I in something that has limits as part of it? This is obviously not a good segue because I have to explain it. But Brooklyn, with, Brooklyn Without Limits is an episode of 30 Rock. And you... <laughs> <laughs> You I truly am, you're insane that you even I, on it. That's insane of you. Yeah, I am. When it comes to thirty rock, I am one. certifiably insane. Yes, that no my whole, true true. Yeah, yeah. Thirty rock stands like spot me in the street, and it's <laughs> no. insane because I was in one second of it. But you're so underselling this. This isn't even fair to the listeners who don't understand. Max has one of the most memorable quickest lines on 30 Rock. But it, I still like... I could text my friend Stacey and Anne that quote <laughs> and they would know exactly what I'm talking about. They would know I exactly who you that. are. I'm not it's... even... I'm not screwing with you. It is a legendary line. Should I set the scene? Because I... Yes, please yeah, do. Please do. <laughs> there's sort of a, a pertinent element to it that's, that might be good on your podcast. So Jack and... Um, what's fucking Elizabeth Banks? Yes, Elizabeth Banks' character... Um, yeah, her mom. Yeah, yeah. Elizabeth Banks' character's name. Avery Jessa. Avery yeah, Jessa. Avery. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So they're trying to save her from North Korea. And so they go to the UN. And I'm like a receptionist at the UN. And I was like, God, it's so funny. And they're like, and, oh, they're like, our appointment is at 1430. And he's like, okay, yeah, 1430. You realize where I'm at, right? You see a 14 on my watch? And I'm the receptionist. And they go, yeah, see, it's the date. I mean, that's the time day. And he goes, that's really cute. And what insolvent country do you come from? And I go, New Jersey. I'm just a weirdo. <laughs> yes. Now, the original line was, <laughs> New Jersey. Oh, I'm just gay. No shit. Oh. <laughs> Which we workshopped it in rehearsal, decided maybe it was slightly offensive. Oh, Even my God. Even by 2009 standards, it was maybe a little bit offensive. This has changed my life. <laughs> Look, it's not like they're known for, you know, their oh, PC-ness. No. Oh, no, no, not that. I actually think it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> In fact, we, we maybe should have gone there. I, I New mean, Jersey. Oh, I, I'm just gay. And then everybody's like, oh, okay. Oh, my God. Wait, this is... I cannot wait. I have two friends that I'm going to immediately text after this and tell them. <laughs> New Jersey. Oh, I'm just gay. And they're like, it's so good. You know, this is like a YouTubeable clip. Like, it's that funny that it's it got its own. Like, people created clips on YouTube for this. Stop it. It's I, a six minute. Insane. It's a six second. I swear to God, I, I looked it up frequently. Yeah, not six minute, Michael. <laughs> no, not, not six, six minutes. minutes. That's what that makes be... it even better. Because Max, what makes it so incredible is that it only was six seconds, but so it's so no. memorable and so. Thirty Rock I'm, is yeah. about. It's literally designed for the internet now. Actually, it really is. I feel like if. I need more computer skills because there's so many times where I need a reaction gif. I need a a, a clip Truly. with the quote. Like the I think this is I think in 30 Rock. Like I think in 30 Rock lines. Like I know. If people ever thought that I was funny, it's just because they never watched 30 Rock and don't realize that I've gotten everything it's that I say. The from easiest it. <laughs> way to have a good personality. And also I think so many of the lines, like people don't even realize they're from 30 Rock. Yes. Oh my gosh, hundred percent. hundred percent. Like my dear friend Kristen Miliotti's every single line. As the sexy baby, like I don't oh, think yeah, people yeah. realize that I'm a, I'm a, a sexy baby. The concept of the sexy I'm baby. I'm a very sexy that baby. That is a absolute classic episode, and it definitely got. I think this really what you're talking about really was apparent when Taylor Swift's uh, anti-hero came out because she has that line about 
Oh my Everybody God, yes. else is a sexy baby. And then all of a sudden on Twitter, there was a bunch of references to, to that clip in 30 Rock. And Incredible. I don't even know if they, people knew it was from 30 Rock. No, it's a genius reference on Taylor's part. She fucking nailed that. Just yeah. Like a, a quick, Wait, do you, quick little 30 Rock. Do you think Taylor was... Re- that? Actually, this is a great question. Do you think she was referencing that? Absolutely. There's not a chance. You do? That's she doesn't so do anything. She knows exactly just, what she's doing at all times, don't you think? I mean, I, yeah, I would think so, but I just, I don't know. I can't picture Taylor Swift watching 30 Rock. Oh my God, picture? There's no, on what planet would she <laughs> come up with the phrase sexy baby and not know that it was from that episode? That, there's zero possibility of that. I mean, you're when you say it like that, I think you're probably right. <laughs> I mean, if she, if Poet Laurie Taylor Swift he thought she came up with sexy baby and then somebody was like, actually, babe, like 30 Rock babe. thought of that. Babe, that's from I feel like she would have changed it. That's from 2009. <laughs> like she would have changed it. If she was going for originality, she would have fucking gotten there. But she wasn't. She was going for a beautiful reference. Oh, who knows? Maybe no one on her team is a 30 Rock fan either. <laughs> no, I, I know it. In my Which soul, tells us a lot about she, her circle. She's not. It's not a 30 Rock circle. <laughs> no, I feel like her dad isn't binging it. Yeah. Well, Max, you also... I want to talk about another project of yours that... I think besides 30 Rock was the first time I, I really got to see you and it was when you were Tanner in season two of Special. And Oh my I, God, so good. So good. I love like that I, show. I remember, I, I'm pretty sure like I watched this when I was, I, I was a, few user, a few years into coming out. And I remember this was my period where I was just oh, wow. like watching only... What year did it come out? I came out... I mean, we shot mid- it in, in, during COVID actually. Oh, then yeah, definitely. So I was, I came um, out in 2018. They, so it was in my post coming out phase. Yeah. Phase, and also post- there was a season before that. So maybe also the first season. But like you specifically, I remember you. I remember Tanner. Oh, the really? Character. Yeah, of course. You were like the big part of that. God. Season. I mean, that's so amazing that you had that experience because yeah. I feel like there was a lot of my history of coming out and then being a young gay person came up during that because as we were playing to people who were like, trying a relationship for the first time, it just couldn't not be a part of it, you know? For some reason, remembering doing that reminds me of when I was 18 and 19 and like kissing yeah. a boy for the first time, you know? You're, there's a specific part in one of the episodes in the early part of the season where you talk to Ryan and you talk about your character, Tanner, your character's coming out and you say, you specifically said like you came out late at or late ish or something along those lines at 24. And then yeah. your character said specifically was like, which like, but it just reminded me of this podcast of all, some of the stories we've had where it was like, I'm paraphrasing here, but it's essentially like Tanner's parents made him choose between being gay or being like their son, essentially. Yeah. And obviously he chose being gay. And so it was like a emotional moment on the swings. You guys are on swings. I remember. Yeah. Oh my God. That swing scene. Right. Yeah. I know that was really painful for me. I know people who've had that experience. Yeah. And it's painful to even say that out loud. Right. It's like, yeah, it was a very touching moment for sure. It was very touching. And also it's like, LOL, as if somebody would choose anything else. Yeah. And also I will say this too. I, I didn't know if I was going to say this part, on here. <laughs> but there's, I just, I loved your, I, I really, really liked your character a lot. And there was a couple moments where it kind of it resonated with me. Specifically, there was a moment where you and Ryan were trying to have sex and it didn't go according to plan. And he was super yeah. self-conscious about it. And the way that you 
reacted was and were like this very comforting person and comfort in the way that you spoke to him afterwards, like make him feel comfortable with it and okay, because he was clearly feeling very self-conscious about it. And it was just like a really beautiful moment. And it resonated with me because I just remember specifically when I was coming out, I mean, like we all are, but this was just like more recent for me because it was yeah. like in the last couple of years, yeah. like having some of my first sexual experiences with guys and just feeling very self-conscious, which again, who doesn't, but like I just remember that those scenes really resonating with me because of where I was at in my coming out journey. And so I just remember like loving your character so much because you just made him feel so comfortable and like it resonated a lot. Oh my God. Uh, Wait, that's so interesting. I wonder if that's why I literally, I got like fucking like 20,000 Instagram followers when that came out. And I wonder if that's really why that moment, you know, that kind of just warm, supportive, like you're good. Yeah, and you like brought it. We, brought we him were, under the covers. It was the cutest. Was so I, cute. I love that scene under the covers. I mean, we really wanted to toe the line of like these are two people who really want to to be together and also are battling all of this baggage and like stuff that came before, whether it's their families or how they feel about themselves. So it's like there's a feeling of tragedy, even as like. It's that thing of like, it's so good. Why doesn't it work? And I think gay people deal with that sometimes. I mean, yeah. everybody does, I guess. But when your parents tell you you have to choose between being gay or being your son, that's, yeah. that's a fucking hurdle to clear. Yeah. You're trying to have a relationship. Yeah. It was a beautiful... You yeah. can do it. You can you do can it. You can do it. Yes. If no, if listeners who haven't seen Special Yet, you have to go watch it. It was so good. And Max is in... the. Okay. I think... In season two, and it's just incredible. And yeah, I'm in season two, and Ryan is is one of my dearest friends. I'm obsessed with him, and it was so fun to do every scene with him. He was just the most generous, easy person the whole time. He's the greatest. Thank you so much for sharing that. Even giving the background on the Thirty Rock to special, like it's that's really fun to chat through. I know. I love that even the Thirty Rock character is is gay. (laughs) Wait, yeah, actually, that's Thirty Rock lore. That is canon. That is canon now. Honestly, it's canon. We're dropping it and I, it hasn't yet been revealed. Honestly. Oh my gosh. The way this is, that is, I had no idea. I had Tina, no idea. I didn't true. tell Tina I was going to say it today. I, have to, <laughs> I should text her. All right. We'll get signed off from her before we. Because I haven't synchronized with her team because I'm sure that they're going to want to release the statement as well. They're definitely going to want to release a statement. Yeah. Oh, Max, thank you so much for giving some of that background. And I love I'd, love to, I'd love to shift and learn more about your story, your journey. And typically the way we do this on reaching out is we start talking about sharing some of our rainbow flags, which in case we have some new listeners this week, rainbow flags are an endearing term that I came up for myself when I came out at I came out at 28 and I was like, once I came out, I was like, of course that's what it of course, duh. And I was like, I mean, where were the, you can where spot the Yes, the little rainbow flag sprinkled throughout your life that you're like, oh, well, maybe I should have known a little sooner. But when they're up close, you can't really see them. And then yes. when you're far away, you look back and you're like, oh my God, that yes. is, that's bright. I can see that. For exactly. And just to kick us off with a timely example, I played for Bar- played with Barbies for a very long time. Barbie of just came course. out. <laughs> oh my God, the day my sister got a new Barbie. Best Heaven. Ever. She's yeah. two years younger than me. Truly the perfect uh, like age difference so that like I as like a, a gay arrested development child could like still play with the Barbies even as a, a nine, ten, eleven year old. Exactly. Oh. So are there any the other shoes besides, were everything to me. The the Barbie shoes? 
Yeah. And they were always, my sister did not care for her shoes. And I was constantly having to search for them, search her room for them. I love the, what you're talking about heels. the shoes on the Barbie doll? The heels were really, you know, that nobody ever keeps holding <laughs> oh, yeah, to yeah. the heels. I was always playing me, with the key. Oh, well, I was always playing with the one, the bendy one, the gymnast. Did you ever, do you remember that one? Oh, wow. No, I don't think we had a gymnast one. I don't think I would have liked her because I, I really, I, I liked my Barbies to keep their really flattering poses. Yeah. I probably have some body issues because of those Barbies. They're yeah. gorgeous legs. You know? Don't we all? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't we all want to have those legs, those, those thighs? Those thighs toned. are so curvy and toned, yet just like yes. perfectly shapely. I mean, if your feet are always in the heels position, like wearing heels, your calves have got to be out of this world. You're so right. It's, it's yeah. bar. It's bar class. It's crazy. Yeah. Are there any other flags that come to mind? Are there any? Are you kidding? Yeah, I was curious. I, what, where where do I begin? Little, you tell me. You can begin wherever you want to. Well, I have a lot of the ones that I think people or my age would have. I grew up in the 90s, so Devin Sawa was huge for me. He was fucking kissable in Casper and the Friendly Ghost. Oh my um, gosh. As, I know exactly who you're talking ghost. about. Devin Sawa, he's around my age, maybe a little older. He's also starred in the Final Destination films. Yeah. But, but as Casper, and it was just a cameo because he, Casper CGI for much of the film, and then, he, and then Christina Ricci makes him real for one fleeting, tragic, gorgeous moment. And his lips are so plush. And I believe he asks to kiss her. I think the iconic line is, can I kiss you? Which is, you know, that's why everyone squeals because it's what they want to ask him. You know? Wow, this but is incredible. it's not even Casper. It's really not Casper. It's really his appearance in Now and Then, which is an iconic queer-coded yeah. film. I'm sure many people talk about Now and Then on the podcast, yes? No, Now and Then? Now and Then is a late 90s film. It's about a group of girls. It's sort of thought of as the female Stand By Me. And it stars Gabby Hoffman, Thora Birch, Christina Ricci, Christina Ricci, and then this other girl who not only was she not famous, but she also died young, which is so unfair. Oh, so like, not only was she the non-famous one, but she also is dead. It's like, really? Really? Yeah. But love you. Bless you. I should have looked up her name before this. But anyway, they're besties. They go spy on some boys skinny dipping in uh, a forest by a lake. And then they steal their clothes. And Devin Sawa, again, he found himself in another gay classic, is forced to cover his manhood with his hands. He finally grabs like a towel. And then as he's like picking up the clothes that the girls throw behind them, he like bends down. And there's a moment where there's like an upskirt shot. And I rewound it. I mean, I, I think I destroyed the blockbuster copy of Now and Then. Just the VHS is just <laughs> annihilated. And I was devastated to learn that I believe he had it. he had some sort of jack underneath his towel, which is it was devastating. That is devastating news. Wait, also, are is Devin Sawa and Christina Ricci like best friends? They're both in the same movies all the time. <laughs> I really hope they're in touch. I, mean, I know, me Devin, too. He was in Final Destination. I don't know that. I, I'm not sure what he's been doing. He certainly. He should be in Yellow Jackets for a reunion. That would be a proper reunion for them. He's got that... I'm looking at his photo right now from Casper. You're so right. He's got that like 90s, like middle part, like wavy, like kind of flowy vibe going on. Stunning hair. Um, like that's definitely like Jonathan Taylor Thomas vibes for sure. A huge JTT vibe. Yeah. Like, and Brad Renfro was another huge gay root for me. Yeah. He's also 
passed on, bless his heart. No, that was a big one for me. I'd also say that a uh, rainbow flag for me was literally paying my friends cash to pull down their pants. <laughs> Definite rainbow flag. For some reason, there's something about that. I look at that and I go, huh. hmm. well, yeah. that maybe that's gay. You know, mm, yeah, mm. that's so interesting because, like, in your mind, what were you? I mean, obviously, I know, know what you wanted to see, but what did you think of that? Growing we up? have to explore the psychology of that. Yeah, I, I think that there's something so fun about being. Maybe I'm the first person to find something fun about being a closeted gay teen or priest. <laughs> no, or not even teen, eight year old. But there's something fun that it's always kind of silly and goofy to pull down your pants as a young yeah. straight boy. So you're good. You're kind of covered. You can pant someone. Mooning was huge back then. Oh my God. Mooning was my, thank God for your lifeblood. You know, (laughs) it was my wife's blood at summer camp. It was so trendy and I'm so grateful for it. Pantsing, mooning, you're right. Like this was like a huge huge. part of daily life back then. I don't know if that was only 90s or if that's still in vogue. I feel like it probably was mostly 90s, early 2000s. It felt like a very 90s thing. I don't know. Yeah, it definitely feels like a 90s thing. Like it, it happened just was Space Jam, like it was everywhere. Wait, are you kidding? Did you just say hi? That was a huge gay root for me. Was the monster getting pants in Space Dude, Jam? I was just about to say that was the same thing. I swear to God, when you talked about rewinding, I cannot. Oh, when you talked about rewinding, God. that's what I would do, and I got in trouble for it once because my mom caught Wait. me because of the monster's butt. Are I we swear so to God. pure? Are we so pure <laughs> that we were horned up over the monster's like pimply butt? Yes, it literally was pimply. Then Lola goes, nice butt or something like that. Oh, does she? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, who pantses him? Do you know? I would have to probably imagine. probably a girl. It might have been Lola. Maybe it was Lola. I don't know. But I do rem- I know exactly. I can't. I was truly about to bring this up because when you said the rewinding thing, oh my God, look at us bonding over this. I can't believe it because I think you're a lot younger than me. So it's amazing that we both had the same... But you had some of your childhood was VHS and like rewinding VHS. So my childhood, we share that for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I remember I got in trouble because I kept rewinding and my mom saw me rewind and then she walked in and saw what I was watching and it was like the monster's butt and I got in trouble for it. (laughs) You remember I was getting in trouble for that because you maybe you had shame around it, but I wonder if she really clocked that it was the mooning. I didn't know. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think? Because it's a cartoon. Do you think your mom really took in the idea that there was like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the male monster is like, not even funky. Like it wasn't even like a sexy monster. It was like a it was like a true ghoul from outer space. I mean, I I do kind of like that body type though. So, <laughs> oh no, no, he was hot as hell. Don't get me wrong. I'm like maybe but this, is, this was a formative mom, formative moment for me. I think for sure. And I don't know. Perhaps your mom was attracted to the same body type. Maybe, maybe. she did clock it for that reason. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm going to ask her. Yeah. yeah. I'm call her up and ask oh her. Oh my God. This is so We got to find, you should include like a, a screenshot of it in your carousel for this uh, episode of the podcast. Oh, 100%. Oh yeah. This is definitely going to make it to clips for sure. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm Max. This so is incredible. Obsessed with that. I know. Me oh too. I love this so much. So yeah. going from this little boy who was paying his friends to pull down their pants to watching. Literally, like I had like a $5 bill <laughs> in a box in my room 
You know how like when you're a kid, you have like one dollar or a five somewhere that's yeah, like of some course. uncle you gave you. Only have like you're like, I know how I'm gonna see that as today. Like you like <laughs> you think of the thing to barter with. From that little boy and the boy who's got a little crush for I almost said Jojo Siwa, <laughs> Devin Sawa. <laughs> Jojo Devin I love Sawa. You. How Jojo how has does... a, Jojo Siwa has a sexy energy. Of course. I mean, absolutely. But I I, I knew we were talking very about sensual. I knew we were talking about '90s icon Devin Song oh, yeah. for sure. So going from that 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 era of Max Jenkins, how does the the coming out journey go from there? God, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about how I was so grateful for my guy friends at summer camp, even though I, I don't think back and like think of them necessarily because they were a bunch of idiots. They were just stupid straight boys. Like the, the the girls were where I really got my kind of intellectual food, but I loved being friends with boys, and there was something really intimate about it. Sure, there was something sexy as hell about it, but also it was just nice to have friends that were guys. And I wasn't besties with my dad. It's not like we talked about shit. But so I, I had trouble reconciling like my enjoyment of guy friends. And then the idea of coming out, I was worried that I would lose them, you know? And I was so grateful for summer camp because that was a time when you're just like, you're in the fucking stink of being a boy, you know, and you, you're loving it, you know? And then like the few gay boys I knew, and I knew a few because I, I was a theater queen working with a bunch of gay boys who are way more self-actualized than me who are coming out and like, really kind of intellectual and like verbal and really articulate and you know pulling references you know they, they had the fucking golden girls references already and i was like why but because i you know i'm from manhattan i had some worldly gay boys around me unlike me but i had trouble seeing where i felt i wasn't one of those boys from camp and i wasn't one of those smart worldly queer as hell boys from musical theater class. I, I was both. I mean, I was gay. I wasn't straight. But I was like, I had a lot of trouble envisioning my sort of identity. What is this? And I remember even, sorry, I'm talking a lot, but I remember even when I came out, I was like, what am I when I grow up? What is that guy? What does that guy look like? And I'm just, I wish I had known, but I could be Sam one day and which is hell another day. Oh. I just, I, for some reason, that it didn't seem like that was possible. Did it seem like it had to be like all or one? Yeah, because that's all I saw around me, you know? Yeah. And I, I still think of it's funny. Like, I think I was, I was an artist, I was an imaginative boy, and yet I couldn't imagine what my, what I was going to be. What, who was that guy? It was like the only gay guys I, I knew were. Actually, I didn't think they were very stylish. <laughs> I wanted them to be more stylish. Yeah, what, I, I what, guess I was preoccupied with style from a young age. Interesting. So you said that you grew up around other more self-actualized gay boys, I guess, at this yeah. age we call them. What was your interaction with them compared to like your straight guy friends? Was Did you act a certain way with each different group? Or did you see yourself trying to balance both worlds? Or did you see yourself um, more in one than the other? I've never been so good at, am I good at code switching? I don't know. No, I think I blended in everywhere I was. I wouldn't say that I had a different persona, but I was able to kind of empathetically 
be the people I was with, sort of a chameleonic thing. Maybe that is yeah. really queer. It's the Woody Allen movie, Zettling. He like becomes everybody he's with. And so I didn't have like different maxims necessarily, but I just bled into whoever I was with. And uh, so even at Let's Take Camp, for instance, because that was both polar poles. It was like super gay musical theater. And then also, because I was a performing arts camp. I don't know if I mentioned that. Yeah. Super gay musical theater. And then like my bunk, where I was the only closeted gay boy usually in, in the bunk. I wasn't invited to the gay bunk for some reason. I just, I, it's like a, they were a little bit older than me. I didn't know them. Yeah. What eventually let you kind of explore it more or or at least make you feel more comfortable to be your own your version of it? Because it sounds like you didn't see yourself as like the other gay boys that you knew growing up. Is there something that happened that kind of helped you figure out what that looked like for you and be more comfortable with it? Yeah, I will say that there were always things that I just stood by. So I'm not giving myself enough credit. There were moments, I remember there was this I, I got these sneakers at Urban Outfitters. There was only one Urban Outfitters when I was a kid. It was in it was in Greenwich Village. It was the one on Sixth Avenue, like near West Fourth Street and Waverly. And it was like the only cool place to get clothes. I was so excited to go there. And they had this shoe called Nose, like Nose sneakers, and they were sort of like a, a Skechers type shoe. They were huge. And there was even one where there was like water in the, the sole and there was like a little plastic goldfish bouncing around in it. Like these were like iconic kind of Spice Girls adjacent platformy footwear. And I, I had a pair, not the goldfish pair because they didn't have my size. It's upsetting. Oh, damn it. But no, a really huge sneaker. And I got some flack for it at school. And I just was like, fuck y'all. These are incredible. There was always a part of me that just knew deeply that I was going to be myself no matter what. I'm happy I had that. I think my parents helped me with that. I'm lucky that I had my parents. I just had a memory of my mom being like, that's cool that you don't care what anybody thinks about your shoes. I was like, yeah, you're right. Oh my gosh. You know? I love um, that. Yeah. I love that so you that felt was, that way. Because I, I think that I feel like the opposite of that is what keeps a lot of people maybe in the closet longer than they would have liked to be because there is that pressure of trying to feel like, or trying to fit in, trying to adapt, yeah. but more like we're talking about being able to go from group to group, but more in like a self-preservation way, not go on notice kind of way. And, and I had that too. And yeah. of course, I, I also grew up during the heyday of Abercrombie. I was like putting on a double polo and popping both. Honestly, you have to. Sounds gay. It sounds gay now when I say it's, it. It sounds pretty gay now. And it was very much not at the time. Yeah, like a pink and then like a powder blue underneath the pink. Yeah. Oh, that, like, I can that see was it now. straight. I can see it okay. Now. <laughs> like really? Everybody I've got, was I've got notes. <laughs> yeah. Very, very curious. That was like the straight uniform. But well, it was a gay man who created Abercrombie. And anyway, honestly, I love these iconic like uh purveyors of clothes like Ralph Lauren making waspy clothes and he's the most iconic Jew of all time. God bless him. My brother, my Jewish brother, Ralph yeah. Lipschitz. <laughs> but anyway, I, I'm just thinking back to like moments that led to me, even though I wasn't out yet, like I was trying to find ways in which I could be the deepest part of myself. Yeah. You know? And so uh, and I'm lucky that I'm from a city. I'm lucky that I'm, I was born to parents who were cool. But even though I had those things, I still did not have the power and the, the bravery and that kind of 
fuck all of you to say I'm gay until I hooked up with my best friend. Oh, really? Hooked up with my best friend from camp and I was in love with him. And he didn't come out for years after that. So that was really difficult because he wasn't ready to go on that journey. But after it happened, I was a senior in high school. I was like, I didn't come out to my my parents, but I came out to my best friends slowly throughout that year. And then it was like a catalyst that kind of let me be fully out. Did you you and him talk about it? We hooked up a lot throughout senior year, my senior year of high school. I think he was a sophomore. And he went to a different school. So we would see each other once in a while. It was so powerful and the emotions and all the feelings were destabilizing and explosive that how do you even be that vulnerable in life? It's like walking around naked, you know? Yeah. But I finally was distraught from it, distraught that he wasn't ready to be out with me. Not that I was even ready, but I was just so in love that I was like, I had to tell my friends. I had to tell, I had to fucking talk about it. I was, it was everything. It was absolutely everything. Yeah. And so now that happened and you, so you've had your first experience with a guy in your senior year or first experiences, plural. And then you go to college. Is Were you able to start college from like a place of I'm gay and I... Do you know what? I even like forgot. At at first I forgot, like during orientation and like kind of like, I I think I accidentally... (laughs) Yeah, I think I accidentally was like, or or a girl was like asking about me and I was like, I'd be down. And I was like, oh my God, wait wait a second. No, 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 no. That's well, like never, Max well, from we said before, never say never. <laughs> <laughs> Just to bring no, it back full I, circle. <laughs> I came into this podcast really open-minded and now I'm remembering that I, uh, I know what I like. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to come in and, and meet your listeners with a really kind of insanely Buddhist approach. approach but, <laughs> but now I'm remembering that I had taste. Not- <laughs> oh my goodness. So you're in college and you or out to a few yeah. people. What was that journey like for you? Was Were you able to like continue to have experiences in college? Were you exploring that side of yourself? Or what was that like? Yeah, I mean, that jealous. was literally the whole thing. That was the point, right? So why? What, why are you jealous? Because like, I, I just wish like I had some college experiences like that. I, just, I don't know. I, mean, I see. Not to sit here and say like they're all good experiences. I know that it's not... Just because it's earlier doesn't make it better or easier. But like... Right. It is hard to not look back and wish that there was like, know. A, you know, you had a little bit more time in college or even like in your early 20s. I know, so, but all I can think is how embarrassing it was. I completely understand how you feel. There's two sides to all of it, for sure. I remember freshman year, I heard about two friends of mine who had sex. And I was like, sex? Like, I, that was still so foreign to me, the idea of two guys having sex. I was like, yeah. why? Like, truly, that's... Yeah. As a kid growing up in the 90s, you know, and of course I was insanely jealous, but also I couldn't even conceive of what that meant. It took me a while to have a satisfying. No, I had some good sexual experiences freshman year, but like they were random and, and bizarre, each of them in their own way. So, Max, okay, so now Max. I'm curious, what has it been like in your line of work being out? and gay. And I'm curious because it's such a foreign world to me. And all I know about it like growing up was like, it was always a really big deal when actors came out. I mean, and still to some degree is, but though not as much as like early 2000s, 90s vibes. But I'm curious if you don't mind sharing what 
that has been like for you? I mean, obviously we've talked about some of your roles that you've gotten in, like specifically the special one, the one that <laughs> the one from special. They're all special. Yeah, the special one. <laughs> They're all special. The one from special that resonated so much with somebody like me. I'm curious what it's been like for you. And I've been thinking about it so much because I just watched this documentary about Rock Hudson on HBO Max. Oh, I want to see it was that. On HBO Max. And he wasn't out, but he was fully dating guys his whole life. And he was shooting a TV show in the 70s in San Francisco. And he was just like kind of part of the, the, the community. He was like, going to the clubs. He was going to bathhouses. Yeah. He had a mustache, as everybody did. Yeah, you do. But as I do, which is a remnant of another time. It's look really robust and healthy and like we didn't have AIDS. I feel like it's from that time. But no, I've been thinking about this because he never played a gay character. I mean, in his movies with Doris Day, he sort of always played with that because people, there was loud chatter that he was gay. So like, they would sort of nod to it in a cheeky way. He would pretend to be gay for the purposes of the movie because there was always some, like, there, there was always some rom com reason that he had to, like, hide from Dorset. But to compare that to my experience, like, I've never not played a, a gay character. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. Like, would I even have a career if I was in Rock's time? I don't know. Like, it's so crazy. There's obviously the classic Paul Lind. Are you familiar with Paul Lynn? Wait, don't tell me. Is it, I could be completely wrong. Is it the guy Give from Bewitched? Yes. Yes. You nailed it. Oh my gosh. And he's the dad in Bye Bye Birdie. Oh my God, Bye Bye. I have seen Bye Bye Birdie. I don't remember him specifically in that, but I my sister made me watch it in our basement growing up. I remember that. I mean, it might be a gay route that you should look into. It might be a rainbow <laughs> flag. Need to revisit but, he was just so gay. And he was also always on this TV show, Hollywood Squares. In oh, yes, and like, I do remember. I remember that too. I remember it. Documentary he's a camp about icon. Oh, did you? I want to watch it. It wasn't about him specifically. I think it was about like gay actors who... gay act, Something about gay actors. Because I, I remember when I came out, I was just watching like anything I could yeah. find about being queer, being gay, like anything at all. And so I just... Every documentary... Any of that. Oh, you I probably have a lot been... to teach me. I, I want to know more about because I feel more aligned with him than anyone because he was so out. And like, even in his jokes in Hollywood Squares, he would play to, he, he would make cheeky jokes that more than hinted, he fucking basically said it. And I can't believe that it was allowed, but it was because he was so funny that it was. He had such an iconic voice, too. It was, it, I can hear him <laughs> right now. I can hear him. I know. I feel like. It might have been a voice on Tiny Tunes when I was growing up, or at least they, they did a parody of him on Tiny yeah. Tunes because Tiny Tunes was like a Hollywood satire. I feel I like Tiny, Tiny Tunes was funnier than Animaniacs. I feel like it was even funnier than Animaniacs. Ooh, that's a hot take right there. I think I, I was more Animaniacs, but... Because you're younger than me. That could be a... Wait, I'm just making sure that he was in Bewitch. Let me see really. Yeah. He had to have been. He was? Yes, of course. Paul Lind. On- yeah, he had a show called The Paul Lynn Show. I have to watch it. Oh my gosh, yeah. He'd, on oh YouTube. My gosh. Yeah, he was iconic. Oh, um, I think of yeah. him because he was like, actually, he was the closest thing to like playing gay characters on TV. Yeah, so would you play a straight character? On a show? I would love to. Yeah. As actors, we want to do it all, right? You, know, you never say never. Uh, there's one thing we know about, if we, there's one thing we know about Max Jenkins. Never say never. <laughs> oh God, I can't believe that's my, oh my God. No, you guys, I'm gay as hell. Please don't get it twisted. <laughs> don't get it twisted. I, no, I, I just love women. Like both of us do. Yes. No, I, I think it'd be so fun. 
for people who say like, I think that a lot of gay people now are like, well, I'm a straight person, but like to see a, a gay person's interpretation of a straight person is so fascinating to me. And it's not something we get to see. So for that reason, I, I, I want to see it because it, yeah. it, it would still be new to me and, and yeah. fresh. I hope you get that opportunity. I'd love. I want to see Thank it. Thank you. I want to see it. Yeah, let's let's figure it out. Though I do love There's your gay. I do love your gay out. characters too, though. So I'll take you there. Thank you. I'll take you there. No, I'm so lucky, and I it almost freaks me out how lucky I am that I was born in this time and got to play these parts that I've played so far in my career. Because it's like one of the first things I ever did was I was in this play about all these gay guys in 1920 at Harvard University, and it was like basically full of gay guys. Harvard was at the time to the extent that they had this secret court trial in the basement of Harvard to like find out who was gay so that they could expel them. And oh we God. used the real transcripts of this secret court trial to make our play because they were in the archives at Harvard and they were put into the public domain after a hundred years. So it was like suddenly this file was unlocked and discovered by our director who we then devised the play together, all of us, because we were like actor writers, all of us. And so I played this guy who went on to be the first um, artistic director of Lincoln Center, but he was this gay guy at Harvard and he just lied through his teeth throughout the whole secret court trial. And it's like one of the best parts I've ever played, this fucking brilliant, wily coyote who got away from these guys trying to destroy him and went on to a fabulous career. And so this so, is a tr- this is a true of, story. This is based off of true events. Yes, look up Harvard Secret Court, nineteen twenty. No you'll way. Find it. Yeah. Wait. So, so what? Spoilers. What happened? Did they get expelled? They all got expelled except for my character. That's why I'm so no way because he was such guy. a because he was such a good liar. He just lied through his teeth about everything, and it it, it was just incredible. His work. He was like. Oh, those guys, they're so sweet. I take pity on them because they're, they're not very cool. But I like to go to their room. I, I, go, I, I like go to go to their room. Just to say hello. I like to go to their rooms late at night. <laughs> well, they would have parties every night. And he was there. I believe that's it. why he was a perpetrator. Yeah. I feel bad for them. And I just, I want to help them. You know? Yeah. I want to see this made. Can we get this? How do we get this to, to TV somehow? I really should. Yeah. I know. Max, I want to thank you so much. I'm going to be mindful of your time here. And we're pushing the limit here. But I want to say this thank you. This is two-parter. So. This, is, <laughs> this is part one. I want to thank you so yeah. much for being here and sharing your story with us. I truly like... the par- There's been I so feel like tra- you cracked my brain open. I feel like I'm just getting started. I'm sure everybody feels this way. It comes up. I I mean, I hope in a good way, <laughs> at least. Incredible. This has been so enjoyable and fun. And it's been so nice to hear a little bit about like the stuff that I have known you in already and just and then learn just more about you as well. And so I just want to thank you so much. Such a pleasure to talk to you. And it, 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 I'm sure everybody feels this way, but it's really, it's a good feeling to talk about where we came from, right? It just yeah. feels better. My friend Nick like once said cleaning. it. My friend Nick said he felt like he just got out of a therapy session. <laughs> of I was like, awesome. I'm happy to hear that. I love the post. It, it, it really is that. Yeah. I really appreciate that, like big time. So thank you so much. And your story resonated with the listeners, or they want to just check out more about some of the things we, we shared. <laughs> I'll definitely make sure to link to some of the stuff we talked about. Yes. <laughs> Specifically, but I can't repost your because there's fair. a press blackout because I'm on strike. So just so you ah. guys know. Ah, that's Come fair. check out my page, but I won't be promoting that's, any projects because there aren't any projects because we're on strike. 
Got it. We'll link you down low so the users can find you. And then once you're off, hopefully you'll be hopefully the strike will wrap up and you guys can get back to to doing what you do. That's right. In fact, just to be clear, this isn't promoting any projects. This is just me hanging out with my friend Michael. Exactly. Not a scab. If anything, I've been forcing you to talk about things. So you have not you haven't been Yeah, sick on point. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much, Max. We will uh, talk to you soon, maybe for part two. You're the best. Okay. See you for part two. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If today's story resonated with you or you just had a good time listening, feel free to leave a rating or review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. The more ratings and reviews we get, the better chance that the show has at being discovered by someone who just might need to hear the very story you heard today. You can also follow along with reaching out on Instagram and TikTok at reachingoutpod. And you can follow me on Instagram at Michael Wings It. Bye-bye. See you.